Good morning, good morning, and welcome back to His Call My Purpose. This morning, I want to share a few thoughts on Ash Wednesday and as we enter into this season of Lent and the time between Ash Wednesday and Palm Sunday. Just a few things that I have read or studied during this time, um, and I thought I'd share them with you. So, there is no specific mention of Ash Wednesday in the Bible. So if you go back and you search the Bible, it does not mention Ash Wednesday. But it is a tradition dawning on ashes as a sign of penance that predates Jesus. Ash Wednesday is a solemn reminder of human mortality and the need for reconciliation with God that marks the beginning of the penance of Lent season. Um, It's commonly observed when people do it with the ashes on the forehead and fasting. So my question is, and then also um, it's a reminder of our death and it's a symbol of sorrow for our sins. Um, If we read the scripture text, um, there are, if we go back and reread the story of Job and Um, It talks about ashes and it talks about ripping his garments. If we talk about, if we go back and um, we look at the story of Esther and there was a time where her uncle Mordecai um, was in mourning for the Jewish people and he ripped his clothing clothing and um, it's a sign of mourning, um, a symbol of sorrow, um, a, a symbol of sin. And so we look back in those times and then we bring them forward to today and we're doing them. But why do we understand why we do things? There are a lot of things that we do because they are um, told to us in scripture. And there's a lot of things that we do based on just tradition. So we have to be mindful. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to talk somebody else, talk somebody out of Ash Wednesday or the importance or the tradition or the the importance of it. What I'm trying to say is when you do something, know why you do it. Don't just do it because someone else is doing it or that's what we do or that's how we do it. Know the reason why you do it. And so um, when we look at that, Ash Wednesday is usually attached to fasting. And fasting for what? So like I said, this is the time before Palm Sunday. So it's 40 days before it's Palm Sundays. And if we look in the scripture text and we go back in the reference of 40 days and 40 nights in reference to Jesus, what did he do? He was led into the wilderness by the spirit. So the spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It wasn't that he just felt like, oh, let me go chill in the desert. Let me go hang out in the desert. Let me go. He was led there with the purpose of being tempted by the devil. And he was fasting during this time for 40 days and for 40 nights. Normally, I won't say normally, most of the people in my circle, let me just say in my immediate circle that I know, 
fat may fast, but they do not fast for 40 days or 40 nights. Or if they fast for 40 days and 40 nights, it's a um, partial fast or it's a fast from something. So when you think of fast, fast means giving up. So when we look at Lent and, and the season of Lent, you're giving up something. But not just for the sake to give it up. You're giving it up in order to seek guidance and direction and to connect with the Father. So there's a purpose in the um, fast. So the fast is in order to connect, reconnect, um, hear, uh, get direction. And it's not necessarily just direction. You know, a lot of times when we think about when we fast or we pray, we, we want God to tell us something. We want God to give us something. A lot of times when you think about it, think about it. Maybe God just wants to spend some time with you. Maybe your time of fasting is just to know him better for your personal reason, not because you need something, not because you have a, a, a question that you are trying to get answered. Why can't we go to God in prayer and fasting just to get to know him better, just to have a better relationship, just to build that season of our life so that when the enemy comes and Tim says, we would be stronger, we would know his word better, we would understand him better, we would understand the manipulation of the enemy better so that when he comes, we won't be so readily to give in to him. Because the scriptures plainly says that he was sent to the wilderness to be tempted. So he wasn't sent there just to have a relationship with his father. He wasn't sent there to talk to the father. He wasn't sent there to get direction. He was sent there specifically to be tempted. Now, when we go into times of fasting and praying, we are not sent, we don't go there to be tempted by the enemy. But what it says is when you are connecting with the father, when you are giving up that which blocks your connection, the enemy will be present. The enemy will be around. The enemy will try to get to you. The enemy will try to get to you with things that you desire. So in this scripture text, the first thing that the enemy tried to get to the father is he said, if you are the son of God, tell the stones to become loaves of bread. Hmm. Why so specific? Because he knew the scripture. He knew the power that Jesus had. He knew that Jesus could do this. He knew that he could ch change stones to bread. He knew that. So why don't you think that the enemy knows exactly what you can do? The enemy knows exactly what purpose God has put on you. He knows exactly where God is moving to you to. So he knows your weaknesses. And probably he knows them better than you do because we state them. Do you realize how many times we ver verbally say what we can and cannot do, especially what we cannot do? Do you notice how many times you state out loud, well, I can't, I'm not good enough, it's not for me, I'm, you know, anything negative. We tell everybody in the world that. And you think the enemy doesn't hear that? And then every time you go, and he's like, mm, got her, 
Got her. I'm finna put it in front of her face. And I know she believes she can't do it. God wants her to have it. But I am going to put that doubt. I'm going to put that fear. I'm going to put that question mark. I'm going to put that voice of her friends. I'm going to put that voice of her significant other. I'm going to put that negativity in her path so that she will continue to doubt what she or he is able to do so that she does not move forward. And Jesus does not sit there and fight. Jesus states, the scripture says. Because what the scripture says is the scripture is God's word. Because the scripture is that which God has put forth. So it is truth. It says people do not, li- people do not live by bread alone, but every word that cometh from the mouth of God. Is saying that you could put this material thing in front of me and I don't need this material thing to carry out what God has said. But it's the word of God that I need. He's telling you something here. See, we want things. We want, and the enemy knows that. We want material things. We want material possessions. We want, we want our coins. We want every, we want our chips, whatever you want to call it. Whether it's money in the, in the form of value or whether it's the thing that money can buy us. We're not satisfied with what we have. And then even though, and he does it three times. And once again, Jesus replies, the scripture says, and you really think that the enemy, the devil does not know what scripture says he knows exactly what scripture says but he thinks in your weakness or in the times where i perceive you to be weak i am going to offer you that which you desire but is not what you should have or how you should have it see there are some of us that be like, ooh, I want a boyfriend. Ooh, I want to be booed up. Ooh, I want a husband. So he's going to present this, you know, significant other. Because I don't want to leave the guys out. I apologize. Or I don't want to leave anyone out. Because, you know, I keep referring to as if I'm talking to just ladies. And I apologize. Um, he presents that in such a way and you're like, oh, this is it. Oh, this is it. This, this is, you know, because he has, he has this, he has that, he has this, da, 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 da. And then we get in that relationship and we are like, what are we doing? This is a hot mess. This is, you know, I'm miserable. <clears throat> I'm spending all the money. They're not taking care of me. They're not, you know, listening to me. Da, 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 da. You can go down the line. But because it's what we said we want, or because the package looks good, we stay there. We stay there. And that's what the enemy's doing. He's presenting things to you in your life. And it doesn't, it could be a car. It could be a job. It could be um, anything. You know, it could be, honestly, it could be appliances. It could be uh, furniture. It could be, you could get so consumed in want, 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 want that you forget what do you need? What is it that you need? And then you turn around and you spent all your money on these wants and then you go, oh, my bills have not been paid. My electric bill, my rent, my this, my that. And so 
I believe in this season that God is saying, I want you in this time to read my scriptures, to know my word. And like I said, in the third time when he tempt him, he says, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him for the scripture says, you must worship the Lord God and serve only him. And then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. So he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. He was tempted. Right? And in those 40 days and 40 nights, I believe he was in communion with the father. He was in relationship with the father. So how do we do that today? So we say in this season of Lent, I'm going to give up something. But I would like to challenge you. If you've already made that decision, you know, I'm going to give up chocolate. Okay. If in fact you're going to give up chocolate, go back and assess why are you giving up chocolate? Are you giving up chocolate because chocolate has become a crutch in your life and you're depending on chocolate and chocolate you're eating in excessiveness and you need to give it up because for your health. And when Lent is over, do not take it back. But if you gave up chocolate because it's just something that you decided to give up and you intend to take it back when Lent is over, I would challenge you to pick something else, something else in your life that you know that you have become dependent on, something else that is taking your time away from God and that you need to let it go. And when Lent is over, do not... I repeat, do not pick it back up. See, these are things that we need to let go. Look, let go and let God. These are things that we need to purge out of our lives because they are taking away from our time when we would be reading, studying, and building relationships with God, with Jesus. That to me is what Lent is about. So it is setting aside a time for reading his word. It is setting aside a dedicated time for prayer. It is setting aside a time to purge those things or that thing out of your life that is hindering you from doing those things. It is not something that we take back up when Lent is over. It shouldn't be, in my opinion. Okay? Because again... Others, um, I don't know what to call them because it's not, it's not a faith-based thing, but they say after you've done something for 30 days, it becomes a habit. So if you do the same thing consistently for 30 days, it becomes a habit. So like if you used to, if you didn't exercise before and for 30 days, you exercise every day after that 30 days, it's going to become a part of your life. It's going to become something natural that you do. Aha. So if you weren't reading your scripture, if you weren't studying your word before Lent, And for 40 days, you read it every day and seriously study the word of God. (gasps) After 40 days, don't you think your life would be empty if you stop? And why would you? So I am encouraging you to pick up things that you didn't do that would bring you closer to your relationship with the father. Okay. I'm not saying that you can't say, "I'm, I'm going to give up. 
soda with the hope that because I've seen some people give up things such as soda and chocolate and stuff like that. And when the 40 days were over, they didn't even want it anymore because they were so used to being without it. They didn't pick it back up. But then I know some people that are like, oh, this 40 days is almost over. And I promise you, when the 40 days was over, they was at in and out because <laughs> they gave up, let's say, fast food for Lent. And then when it was over, they were at in and out the, the first day after Lent. Try to do something relational that would draw you closer to the Father. So I, it's really funny. Um, I know Lent is a time where we give up something, but I would ask you to give up something that keeps you from go, getting closer to God. And then pick up that which would draw you nearer to him. So this time is not just to give up, but it's also to build that. So it's also to build that relationship. It's also to build that communication. It's also to go deeper into the word. And that goes for everybody. Wherever we are in our season of life, oh, oh I apologize. And I'm not going to go back and retape that because I sneeze. So you guys just go ahead and say, bless you. And I will be blessed because of my sneeze in the middle. Um, I don't believe that you would be worse off because of this. I believe that you would be better. I believe that your relationship with the father would grow more. That would be your hope to know him more, to know and to understand the reason that he loves you so much. The reason that he is going to go to the cross is because he loves you so much. The reason he was born was because he loves you so much. It was not because he just wanted to prove to you that he could. So when you look at this season of Lent, I hope just this, this quick little aha moment helps you think of it a little bit different. That it's not something that I'm giving up and I'm going to take back into my life. Now there may be, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you could never eat chocolate again, that's not what I'm saying. But to eat it in such a way that you were before, it may be different. Do you get what I'm saying? It's it's to let go, and like I say, to, to be honest, there are different variations. But just to give up chocolate, just to give up chocolate, okay. But to give up chocolate because it was a, a crutch for you, it was a hinder for you, it was a, a vice for you, you were dependent more on the chocolate to uh, to provide a, a sense of comfort, uh, healing, then, okay, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? There, there's, there's reasons and levels and everyone is different. Let me just say that. Everyone is different. So don't think that just because, oh, they gave up chocolate. Oh, Pastor D said, um, that's not something we should give up. That might've been a girl. You might've gone in their house and they had chocolate all over the place. Chocolate was just their staple. Instead of lunch, they would eat chocolate instead. Cause I know some people back in the day where I rarely saw this person eat, but you better believe the diet Coke was on deck. Diet Coke was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And like I said, they would go through at least two liters. Is it two liters? Two big things of Coke by before dinner. Like that's how much they depended on Coke. Um, so there are some people who they're, they're, they are stuck on 
um, cigarettes. They are stuck on um, vaping. They're, they are stuck on, you know, there's just things in our life that, and I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to think. There are people who, they're, they're stuck on sugary cereals instead of just, the healthier choices. There's people who um, love salt and they shouldn't eat so much salt. There's people who are stuck. So there are a lot of things that we are stuck on. There are people who are stuck on um, soap operas. There's people who are stuck on uh, gaming. There are people who are stuck on uh, social media. There are a lot of things we're stuck on. So just there's a lot of things, but everybody, all you can do is search your heart. You can't speak for someone else. And it's not something, see, and that's another thing. I believe that Lent should be something that you just say, I gave something up. I don't believe Lent is something like, oh, what'd you give up? I gave up this. What'd you give up? I gave up this. It is a personal relationship. I'm not saying that you can't share in the confidence of some close friends, but it shouldn't be some commercial thing. Does that make sense? You know, it shouldn't be, oh, I'm giving up this. I'll be back after Lent. Okay, why are you coming back? Now, if it's a distraction, then I think you need to assess that distraction because you might want to come back and use that platform for something else. And then somebody comes back and I say, I thought you gave it up. I hope it makes sense. And it's a personal thing. It's a personal thing that you have to search. It's something that we do. And I'd love to hear how you guys are doing. I'd love to hear the struggles. I'd love to hear your truth in this season of Lent. Real talk, real life.